Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Man, I don't know about y'all, but every time we get together at this place, I just am so uplifted by the Holy Spirit, and it has really nothing to do with um, the musicians or uh, uh, any one particular thing. It has to do with how great the Spirit is in this place, and uh, constantly seeing the community that's here is just such an awesome thing. And so um, for those of you that are here checking it out for the first time, let me just tell you that if you're experiencing that, um, it's real. It's not fake. It's something that just kind of developed here, and it's been here for for a long, long time, and so it's a really, really great thing. Did y'all have fun? Everybody have fun for Thanksgiving? Anybody, uh, anybody go away to a different place? I went over to Nashville. That was pretty cool. Anybody else went out of town? Most of y'all stayed here, it looks like. All right, so who is, um, who is a turkey baker? Let's see the turkey bakers up. All right, they're baking the turkey. All right, fantastic. In, in plastic bag or no? In, in or out? No, wow, okay, fancy. All right, who are my, who are my, um, who are my turkey fryers? See hands for the turkey fryers. All right, a few of you guys. All right, fantastic. And then, what? <laughs> Microwave. Okay, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. who, are, who are my turkey grillers? Anybody a turkey griller? I did the grill, I did the grill this year. It was a lot of fun. It's, uh, it requires a significant amount of butter, which, uh, which is a fantastic, fantastic thing. Now, I, I, I know that, like, very quickly after Halloween, if you go to the, the, to the store, like, you, you can't, like, walk very far without bumping into something for Christmas on November 1st, right? But, like, I'm always like, hey, can you slow it down? Just a touch, because it's Thanksgiving time. I mean, like, that's why I really want to celebrate is Thanksgiving. And then the day after Thanksgiving, I'm fine. You can go Christmas all you want. That's totally fine. I mean, it's not really part of the way the church does things, but who cares? I'm down. Christmas is a lot of fun. Everybody with me? It's that beautiful time. But you can't forget about Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love to gather together as a family. I love that football's on like all day long. That's just a wonderful thing. I love to do a little bit of cooking and a whole lot of eating. I love all the food. The trouble is, see, I don't, I don't actually eat that much in one sitting. It's a weird thing. I just have a lot of sittings. <laughs> but, but when I do sit down, I love to try everything. And if you grew up like in the South, I think this is probably a Northern thing too. Um, although when I went up to uh, Iowa to visit my wife's family, they had turkey and the side was white bread and butter. I was like, y'all kind of might have it figured out, you know? That's all you really need. But I love getting all of those dishes, you know, like green bean casserole, hash brown casserole, corn pudding, all this good stuff. Green. Anybody got any other good stuff? Squash. I did fried corn. My grandma's fried corn I did this year. It was fantastic. It was a whole lot of fun. But I like to get everything I can on the plate, which means that you can't have, like, a huge serving of anything. You with me? Because when you have, like, all those different side dishes, you got to have just a little teeny bit on the plate of everything. Who, who amongst you here is like me where you've gotten this down to a science? You know what I'm talking about? All right, so this is one. I've got this much portion, and I'm doing percentages in my head. Like, I'm, I could be like a, a virtual mathematician when it comes to circles and how many things you can fit into the circle evenly. Kind of impressive that way. But it, except the sweet potatoes. Amen. Uh, sweet potatoes are the <laughs> Sweet potatoes are the most disgusting thing on the planet. I don't understand how y'all like sweet potatoes. They're disgusting. They're absolutely awful. But I like to be able to experience, wow, that was like a coup, man. Y'all almost took the sermon over. I like to be able to experience everything on a plate. Try every single thing there is. Now, the truth is, when you think about this for a second, we're sort of living in an uber-wealthy time. 
All right, in all of history, if you think about it, like there's really no way that you could do this kind of thing that we've been doing for, say, the last 50 years or so, any time before that. I mean, just think like 1930s and back, this kind of spread on a table is just ridiculous. Like you, 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 just, you just wouldn't have that. We have this sort of strange thing going on where, where we have, um, in our homes, we have something called air conditioning. You know what I'm talking about? And, and how many of you guys are the ones that you can tell when it's one degree off? Are you with me? You're like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched it. I know one of my kids, one of y'all touched it. Somebody touched it because it's hot and I'm hot and it's not supposed to be hot. Or on the flip side, well, I'm never cold. It's always I'm hot. Anybody else always cold? And you can tell when it goes there, you're like, somebody touched it. Somebody touched the thermostat. I know it. Or we also have bathrooms inside the house. Crazy, right? I mean, think about this, and this kind of blows my mind, to have this entire spread of food, but then there's so much more, HVAC, there's bathrooms inside the house. You can get out-of-season food. Like, you can get food pretty much any kind, any time of year. Y'all understand that's, like, crazy, right? Like, for anybody else that would, like, come into the future from a long, long time ago, it'd be like, you have corn at this time of year? How strange. And they would talk like that, too. We even have wine from all over the world. Like, think about this. You can go to the local grocery store, and you can buy legitimate Italian wine. That's crazy. Like, used to, it would be a whole different sort of thing where you'd have to find somebody from Italy that came from Italy with said wine, and hopefully it even made it across the ocean, because if I was them, I probably would have had it on the way. We can have all of this stuff. It's all at our fingertips. Everything is just right there, and we don't even give it much thought. See, because in biblical times, as we think about Scripture, the whole of Scripture was written in a time where food and finding food was paramount. You'd wake up in the morning, and the first thing you needed to figure out was what? This is, I just gave you the answer. It was... <laughs> says sweet potatoes. Every single day when you got up to get ready to do your thing, the first thing you needed to make sure that you knew how to find that day was food. So whenever they thought about heaven or the concept of an afterlife or a concept of, 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 of God's work in the world, they always thought about an abundance of food because that took everything else off. And they could think of all kinds of other things if they didn't have to worry about food. That's why in Scripture they talk so much about food. That's why they talk so much about a heavenly banquet because of everything else would melt away if they knew they had food. An example from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a, rich, a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. Now think about this again. In this particular time when God's people are struggling and frustrated, and the whole book of Isaiah talks about this, right? And they're in this moment of waiting and hoping and wondering. Then all of a sudden, they don't just get food. They get rich food. They get food that has spice and seasonings added to it, which were another delicacy, right? Or even to think about aged wine. Like, we didn't want to wait that long because we didn't have much time. We didn't have much wine, and we just didn't want to wait that long. This is aged wine, which is so much better, and it took time to get there. And the Lord's going to give all of this the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He'll swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all the tears from faces. He'll remove the people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Everybody says, yeah. yeah. 
And on that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Everybody said, yes. yes. It's such a beautiful moment. My son is 21 months old. And, uh, and we're having a lot of fun. He's, as he's getting a little bit older, we're, um, we're starting to find um, that he likes to talk a little bit. And that at the school where he goes, they love to ask him questions because no matter what the question is, he'll always answer. And 90% of the time, the answer is what, son? What? Yes. He just says yes. You want to go outside? Okay. You want to uh, play with the ball? Yes. Well, it doesn't matter, right? Hey, you want to go take a bath? Yes. You want to get out of the bath? No. Even when you see, uh, when he sees you now, he's gotten to where he'll say your name. And it's like, this is a precious time, and eventually it goes away. Uh, but <laughs> he'll see you, and he'll shout your name, Daddy! And he'll run across, you know, and he'll just kind of grab a hold of you in great big hugs. I'm waiting for my 18-year-old son to do that. Now, yeah, no, no, not right now, not right now. Probably bring me sweet potatoes. He's also gotten to where he says, up, Right? So he'll come, and it's the cutest thing. He'll just come, stay right below you, and he'll go up, up, and that's just awesome. These moments when the kids were young, or he, or or he'll say he'll say please. Now, do you guys did y'all teach sign language to your kids when they were younger? You teach sign language, it's really cool. Where you like taught them things, and and like he'll say please like this, and so we'll say to him like uh, say yes or say names or say answers to different questions. He'll say those things, but if we say say please, no mouth just. Right? So, so sometimes we'll be like driving somewhere and he wants something. And he'll call out the thing he wants and then he'll go quiet because we can't see him and he's back there going. <laughs> now we got to teach him how to say that word. But he's very, very picky. He's really, really kind of a, a picky little kid. And, and like one day he likes hot dogs, one day not at all, right? He's like, he's all about hot dogs, and then the next day, nothing. One day he's all about mashed, actually he's always all about mashed potatoes. But he's all about uh, like spaghetti, for example, for one day. And then the next he's just like, nah, right? And for some reason, when they were teaching sign language to kids, and they said all done, they went like this, right? You know what I'm talking about? This is like the all done, right? Did they think about like when they were like had a plate in front of them? And they decided that they were all done. <laughs> he starts pushing away food when he doesn't like it. Throws it on the floor if he doesn't want it. And he's not like trying to be a stinker about it because, you know, he's 21 months old, right? And I was feeding him and I was like, man, we got this filet, this beef tenderloin. It was awesome. I cut it up, grilled it just to perfection. I was like, all right, my son, my son, I want you to try the best filet that has ever been made in the history of humankind. And I cut it up nice and small into little teeny bites that he could, he could handle, but it's so tender, you know, it's almost like eating mashed potatoes because it just melts in your mouth. And I handed it over to him, and he went like this. <laughs> it's really picky. But see, I think sometimes in life we end up being the same way. We end up kind of being the same way, the very best, gets offered to us, and a lot of times, it's not to our satisfaction, it's not exactly what we want, or it's not exactly what we were expecting, because see, he'll get in his mind that he wants applesauce, and no filet mignon or anything else that I could put in front of him. The best foods in the world are going to satisfy until he gets his hands on applesauce. We do the same thing, though. See, sometimes, as God is bringing the best to us, maybe because it's not what we wanted, or maybe because it's not what we were expecting, we throw it away. 
We push it to the side. We take for granted God's gifts to us. We stop coming to be a part of a faith community. We stop praying. We stop reading scripture. And then we say, God, where are you? Why can't I see you? Why aren't you providing for me? Why can't I see what this heaven that you speak of really looks like? But we're in really, really good company. This sermon series, we're going to be talking about glimpses. The next four weeks, thinking about glimpses of what God is talking about, what God and the kingdom of God ultimately look like. And today we're talking a little bit about glimpses of heaven. And I get this sort of stuck in my head that so often that God brings this providence to show us what heaven looks like, but so oftentimes, and I do it, we just push it aside because it's not what we wanted, what we expected. People have been looking for a Messiah for a long time. And when Jesus came, they had been waiting and hoping and looking and hoping and looking and waiting. In Matthew 11, we read the story of John the Baptist. John's in prison, and he's got to send word because he wants to know. He's heard about this Jesus that's starting to do some things. And it goes like this. Now, when John heard in prison about the things that Christ was doing, he sent word by his disciples to Jesus, asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Fine question, right? Like, I'm out here prophesying, I'm eating locusts and honey, and I'm wearing, like, a goat skin. So if I'm going to be out here in the wilderness doing this, I want to know that there's, like, the one I'm pointing to is the one I'm supposed to be pointing to. Great question for John. Makes perfect sense. I'm in prison, and I'm doing this for you, Lord. So if I'm going to be in prison, I want to at least know that you are the one. Good question. Makes sense. Jesus responded. Go and report to John what you hear and see. Those who are blind are able to see. Those who are crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleaned. Those who are deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. Happy are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. Then Jesus pours it on when John's disciples go. When John's disciples had gone, Jesus spoke to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? That's a great question. A stalk blowing in the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed up in refined clothes? Look, those who wear refined clothes are in royal places. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yeah. Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. He is the one of whom it is written, look, I'm sending my messenger before you who will prepare your way before you. That's from Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. I assure you that no one who has ever been born is greater than John the Baptist. <laughs> That's the kind of moment where you're like, hey, man, you could have stuck around and let his people hear that. Nice compliment. I would never tell him how great he is in person. It would be terrible. Yet whoever is the least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now. Mm. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. There's two things. There's two things that really stand out to me in this scripture. First, there's a Greek translation issue in this. And I was looking at all these different translations, and they don't really do it justice because Greek is a funny way of making an entire sentence in one word. Right? The word itself can be an entire sentence. The translation says, are you the one 
who is yet to come. But the Greek actually doesn't really say that. It more says, are you the happening one? The one that's happening, the one that's ongoing, the one that's doing things. Are you the happening one? And not like in the 1970s sort of way. <laughs> hey, man, Jesus is really happening. I'll never quite figure that out. But Jesus is in constant motion. He's not the one who fills a role, but the one who is filling a role. Jesus is happening in our lives. And John wants to know, are you the one that is moving? Are you the one that's in constant motion? Not just the one who is to come, because that doesn't even make sense in English. He's already here doing things. Why would he be the one that is yet to come if he's already here? He's the happening one. Jesus happening in our lives. This month, this month of December, is a season that we celebrate every single year. It's the beginning of our church year. We think about the rebirth of the kingdom, and it starts here in a season called Advent. The next four weeks of Advent, we're going to be looking at glimpses of the kingdom of God. See, it's not actually Christmas yet. Did you know that? It's not actually Christmas yet. I got some of my church nerds out there like, yes, thank you. Christmas starts on Christmas and goes after Christmas. This is Advent. We don't sing the songs of Christmas in church until Christmas. <laughs> There's only three church nerds here. But Advent just isn't about waiting on this baby child in a manger. Advent is about hoping, looking, waiting, watching, preparing for the inbreaking of God's kingdom, right? The fullness of God's kingdom. That's what we're hoping for. Like we live in this time where it was like the now and yet the not yet. We live in between what God has done and what God is yet to do in the fullness of God. And we get to see these little places, these little glimpses. And Advent, these next four weeks are all about looking for where God is already at work in our lives. We know that when the fullness of the kingdom comes, that sadness and brokenness will be gone. Death and sickness will be forever gone. That divorce, separation, hurt, pain will one day be washed away. And we talk about it all the time. But yet, we get to see little glimpses of what that kingdom looks like here and now. Little glimpses. And this is how we see the kingdom of heaven, church. If you're taking notes, write these things down. All my kids that are writing things down, this is how you see the kingdom of heaven. It's in forgiveness. Somebody say amen. amen. It's in serving others in need. It's in invitation. To the person that's been waiting for a long time for you to say, hey, join me at church this week. It's in worship. As we gather together and sing an old hymn at the top of our lungs. Let those harmonies raise the roof to God. It's loving beyond our walls. But it's also here, too. See, communion's a really great place to see what God is doing in our lives, where God brings this forgiveness and this encouragement to go out and spread the gospel. There's a really fun story. A couple of weeks ago, um, Jessica, who took all the kids out for, um, for pajamas and blast and all that and pancakes, um, she was telling me a story about Cotton, her son. And, 
he's a little fella, and uh, they went and got communion, right? And he dips his bread into, uh, and I think he's dipping into the juice, right? So he's dipping into the grape juice, and he's going back to the chair, and as he's going back to the chair, he's like full-on dragging her backwards, right? And she, as a mom, you know, you got focused. You got to like, I got to get back to the seat. I don't want to cause a seat. I'm in church, people looking at me. And she's bringing him along. She's like, what are you doing? And he looks up at her, and he holds it up, and he says, it needs more sauce. I've even had communion time where I feel like little kids get it, man. They just get it. They get what God's doing here. And I'll have kids that will come by and I'll put a piece of bread in their hands. And I've had a couple of them, I kid you not, that stop, look at the size of the piece of bread that I gave them, and look at me like, I want more. It needs more sauce. I want more of what God is doing. See, they get it. They see that glimpse. They know that there's something special happening here. And shouldn't we all be begging for more of the kingdom? Amen? Second thing is, the question that Jesus asks is the same question for all of us. What did you come out here to see? What did you come in here to see? Did you come to just listen to good music? I could sit and listen to Trent all day long. Ashley, Luke, James, Becca. I could just sit and listen to them play all day long. Have great music. No, no, no. Surely isn't for the preaching. (laughs) What did you come here to see? See, now it takes a little bit of training, right? It takes a little bit of training to kind of get that eye, to be able to see the kingdom of God, to be able to know exactly what it is. It takes a little bit of time and a little bit of training to figure all that out. But it's just like me. Whenever I start exercising and, and I'm, I got a plan and I'm on it and I'm out there like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then day two, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then like week three, I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> or, or when I start a diet, I'm like, yes. I'm going to do this. i got to figure it out. I'm doing the Adkins South Beach thing with all of the whatever, the stuff, and I'm going to eat the greens and only broccoli from here on out. (laughs) And then week two, I'm like, ah, Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) Sweet potatoes. And then I wonder why I'm not healthy. Then I wonder why I can't put it together. I'm out of shape run up some stairs, and I get to the top, and I'm like, why am I breathing so heavy? See, that's it. What did you come out here to see, Matt? What did you come out here to see? See, this weekly act of worship, and it's not just about being in here. It's throughout the week. It means showing up. It means giving of ourselves, serving others, loving others, seeking Jesus. That's the key. That's how Jesus is training us. You see, the kingdom, be the kingdom. See the kingdom, then be the kingdom. That's our call as God's people, is that we look for the kingdom, and not just here in communion, not just here in the music or, 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 or God's word in our lives, but we look to see the kingdom beyond these walls. And then we create moments where we get to be the kingdom, see the kingdom, be the kingdom. Tell somebody next to you, see the kingdom, be the kingdom. Tell them real quick. So we've got these invitation cards that we're going to have for you as you leave today. And what they are is an opportunity for you to share this with the rest of the world. But take a little bit of kingdom out with you. As you're walking out, it's got one side's their sermon series, kind of what we're preaching on. 
And the other side is an invitation to be at a part of our Christmas Eve service. So I'm going to give you a two-part challenge. Number one, I want you to give it away. Don't put it on your refrigerator. It's not for you. You're already here. You know. Number two, try coming every week in December to church. Just give it a shot. Show up here and let God keep training you, keep forming you, bringing that word into your life to show you how to see the kingdom so that you can be the kingdom. See, this place has the glimpses. We have the meal. We have the community. We have the places to serve, to give, to live beyond ourselves. We have the promise of God's grace. And so many people in your circle are waiting to hear this invitation. They're waiting to be invited to this party. And that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Those are the glimpses. Those are the moments. All of us bring in our everything. God's got a great big plate and wants us all on there, even the sweet potatoes. Even the people we don't like or we don't think have it all put together, they belong on the plate too. We bring everything that we have and we lay it out for God because that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Those are the places where we see the glimpses. God's full plate with tons of diversity of all the different gifts that we have to share in this place to see the kingdom so that we can be the kingdom. Somebody say amen. Good and gracious, God, you call us to come just as we are to the table. You call us to come and be fed, to rest in the arms of a Savior. You call us to come and feed others with your bread of life. You call us to come and see the glimpse of heaven so that we could see the kingdom, so that we can be the kingdom. Encourage and empower in us, Lord, that we might stand tall. Lord, that you would be our bones. That when we start to fight against all of the frustrations that hit us, when Satan brings everything that Satan's got at us in waves, boom, boom, Lord, that we might stand strong because of you, because of your word. And that we might be trained to see your kingdom, challenged to see your kingdom, so that we might better be your kingdom in this world. And not just randomly in this world, but in our places of work, in our families, in our relationships, with our friends, Lord, in our schools, that we might be able to be the kingdom. Because God, you know that people around us are looking for it too. You showed us where it is. So call us out, God. Jesus Christ, heavenly and holy name, all of God's children say.
eyes. God is good, amen? God takes us through those waves, call us to walk on water. It's crazy, but that's who God is. And God gathers us in around this table. And it's not just a table that we get to have a little snack with some sauce, <laughs> but it's so much more. It's God's forgiveness manifest in our hands and in our bodies. It's the empowerment to go out and share that glimpse with other people. And the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Hey, it's all right that the kid's making some noise. That's beautiful, amen? That means kids are in this place, amen? Amen. After supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. I'm going to invite you to grab a hold of somebody close to you, unless you don't like touching people, in which case just stand closer and put your elbow out, okay? As we gather together around God's table, we gather around this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your this table you receive the bread you can dip into the red wine or the white grape juice if you like gluten free we've got them individually wrapped up here just come and get your own we also have a common cup in the back that you can drink from I know crazy right but we can do that here and then after you take communion let's say today you're hearing a little bit of the word and you're thinking man I want to know a little bit more I want to feel God more in my life or I've got something on my shoulders that I just need prayers for. We got our prayer warriors that'll be in the back that'll pray over you. You're welcome to head over there before or after communion as we gather around God's table. You may be seated and know that all are welcome at Christ's table.
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, 
We ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.